Uh, and we are good. Welcome back to the JP and Dishway uh, podcast. Um, welcome back, guys. Uh, today we are be discussing. Pretty sure we did last week. We we're over over our picks. Um, we addressed the Patriots Ravens game. We'll be going over Deshaun Jackson, and Cam Newton, possibly being out for the entire year. Of the return of Nick Foles, we'll definitely be going over college basketball that started tonight. Um, college football playoff selection committee makes their first uh, official rankings tonight, and then we also got LSU and Alabama coming up this coming weekend. Number one against number two, the battle of the SEC West, and then we're also going over the young teams and maybe that are balling out right now. We got the Suns, the Heat, the Hawks are going to be coming back with Trey Young uh, from injury now. Yeah, man, let's get right into it. What's going on, man? It's uh, JP. Just wanted to welcome you guys. Thank you guys for coming back. Um, I know last week was our first podcast, and I appreciate the support and the love. Uh, let's get into this show. So last week, uh, my picks weren't weren't all that great. <laughs> um, <I was laughs> seven. It was a little bit of a of a, um, of an upset week. So. Go ahead, there. Uh, I honestly didn't add up my picks, but I know I did better than you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think I only missed like two or three games. I told you Ryan Fitz Magic would end up going off, and that's exactly what he did. Um, I should have known better to pick him up in fantasy football because I said he's going to go off, and I still didn't pick him in fantasy football. I went with Sam Darnold, which almost bit me in the ass, but shout out Christian McCaffrey saving me in fantasy. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey saves everybody in fantasy. No, he said uh, big time. <laughs> I think the two games I really want to discuss, um, you can pick another game if you want. But with the Packers and the Chargers, um, this, this game kind of exposed the Packers. The Packers are good, but they're not great. Um, their defense is really young. Um, and their offensive line is really not that great. They have two anchor positions, but other than that, you know, they're pretty they're pretty not great. Um, I feel like they they rely on Aaron Rodgers to create so much. And the Chargers have some pretty good um, playmakers on the defense. And I feel like they actually showed up. The Chargers actually finally showed up to a game that meant something for them. Um, Josh Gordon came back. Uh, I think he's finally kind of getting into shape. He had 20 carries on 80 yards and two touchdowns. Melvin Gordon. Uh, yeah, Melvin Gordon, sorry. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like uh, I feel like the Packers kind of got exposed there a little bit. Um, uh, kind of my same issue is with the uh, Packers. I just think their defense is too young at the moment. Um, I think give that give those guys like maybe next year to jowl and mature a little more, get the NFL experience they need. Yeah, definitely. I think they'll be one of the better defenses come next year. Um, I don't really think they got exposed. I just think it's one of those things like you have your off week, you know, type deal. Yeah. So I don't think they, uh, what you call it? I don't think this is like being them being exposed, I guess you could say. Um, I will say this. I still don't think the, the Chargers are on track at all. I think this team is dealing with a lot of issues internally that we don't know about is what it seems like because Philip Rivers and Keenan Allen don't even have a connection anymore. It doesn't look like on the field. Um, Malvin Gordon had a good game, but can he keep it up? We'll see. I still think it's one of those things where it could be uh, he's has the worst holdout in NFL history. Yeah. Um, sports history at that. But I think this team is done. Um, I think 
uh, Philip Rivers is at the point in his career now where they're asking too much of him to be that guy like like how Rodgers is and how Mahomes is. I think they need to do a better job of his, with him. Just he needs to be uh, a game manager now. I think they're at yeah. that point with this team. I think he's too up there in age. Um, he hasn't taken the best care of his body as we've seen. And yeah, I think they need to change him to more of a game manager rather than uh, putting a big load on his shoulders. Definitely. I can agree with that as well. Um, <clears throat> I think the next game was the pretty big game. Um, Obviously. Sunday night Pats Ravens. Ravens. Yeah, I'll let you go <sighs> to go first on your, on your take. Uh, this game um, caught, I think it caught everyone by surprise. I think the majority of people had uh, the Patriots winning this game. But I did pick the Patriots last week, but I did have a feeling this was going to be a trap game for them. Um, so how do I put this? I'm not going to say they got exposed at all. Um, people are going to say that they, that they did, but I don't think they really did that much just because I just think he got outcoached. Uh, Bill Boucher got outcoached for one of the few times that we could ever say that um, Sunday night. Uh, he definitely got outcoached. I I think um, Harbaugh is well prepared for this game, and I think Har- I think Bill Belichick kind of went to a format where or a coaching plan where he was switching up the defense of looks too much to throw at Lamar Jackson. I think he is more getting a feel of what they on how they played because he knows we're gonna see him again in the playoffs. Yeah. Um. So I'm not gonna say that he like threw the game to just get a uh, film on him. You know, I'm not gonna say that by any means. But uh, I will say this: I think if anyone got exposed tonight, I think it was definitely the Patriots' offensive line. Um, if you bring pressure, you can get to Brady. Oh yeah, I mean, we we found that out last night. If you bring any type, Brady's never been the most mobile guy, but now at his age, he's really not as mobile as he usually is. Um, and what makes this Patriots' offense a little limited at the moment is that they don't have that deep threat right now, and he's always had that, you know. Brady, yeah. uh, not even a deep he doesn't, have, he doesn't have a security blanket. He doesn't have Gronkowski anymore. You know, I think that's showing. I think that opened up a lot for his receivers to get open last year. I think with Nikhil Harry being activated to the active roster and him coming into the game, uh, he'll be playing this upcoming week. I think he's be a big game changer for the Patriots offense in the sense of he's going to open up that deep threat. He's a massive receiver. He's like 6'4", 2-something, you know, and he can run the 4 four forty. You know, obviously, Bal checking them knew something we didn't. If he was the only receiver taking in the first round, you know. <clears throat> um, yeah. Other, than, other than that, Lamar Jackson played better than I think we all thought he would. Um, there were a few things I think uh, he needs to work on, though. Even through watching that game, he needs to definitely start sliding because he took a few big shots that night. And like, even if it's even if it's not a running play. Teams are teams are gonna start putting a hat on him and just hitting him and hitting him and hitting him. That's what the Ravens did to Brady. It took Brady a little off his rhythm. I think if you do that to Lamar Jackson, he'll be rattled. He's not. I don't think he's ready for that caliber of um, physicality yet. Mm. Or you just putting a hat on him every play. But um, all I can say is that Bill Check got out coached. The Ravens were more prepared. Uh, you can tell they studied more for this game. And yeah, that's really all I got. I think um, this game was this game was really won in the trenches, um, and that's kind of the. It seems like that's the new Ravens. Um, 
uh, mojo. You know, they're going to run the ball down your throat. Um, you know, they're going to run. It's just, hey, you need to stop it with us. Um, and I thought that kind of played in favor for the Patriots, but um, it just wasn't their night on, on, on Sunday night. Um, I think the Patriots will bounce back in the playoffs. Like you said, Belichick's going to have tape on him, you know, on exactly what to do. One thing that kind of bothered me is that the Patriots stayed in a 3-4 most of the game, which really, I didn't really get because, uh, you know, you're you're leaving, you know, some pretty bad, uh, some pretty big gaps open. Um, so I think that might be one of the things. Um, but I do look forward to uh, Harry coming back, or not coming back, but him coming his debut. Um, I think he's going to be pretty big, and I know dude was a baller at Arizona State, so um, but I think uh, I think it will be the Ravens and uh, the Patriots again in the playoffs. So I'm excited in the to see that. AFC Championship, or they'll just meet again. I think uh, they'll meet again because they'll get number one and number two seed. I'm pretty sure about that one. So you think the Ravens will beat the Chiefs? They meet up. I think so. Yeah. That defense is that 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 defense is so terrible. Um, what's the name? Going to uh, Earl Thomas. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I know that I know the Chiefs are a threat on offense, but defense is just I don't know. To me, defense wins championships. You know. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, and other big news this week. Uh, Deshaun Jackson and Cam Newton are rolled out for the year. Mm. Which is, um, which one do you think really hurt more? <clears throat> I think scared the Eagles more. This is coming from an Eagles fan's perspective is he was our go-to deep threat. And he kind of brought an energy and that edge to the team that we haven't really had, you know, since the Super Bowl year. Um, so him just being our only, realistically our only deep threat is going to kill us. Um, Nelson Aguilar has that deep threat potential, but his hands are just... So 50-50 at this point, um, you don't really know. He'll catch some, but he'll also miss. A, he'll probably he'll drop more than he'll catch. Um, but other than that, we didn't look terrible against the Bears offensively. Um, Miles Sanders is becoming a very solid uh, back out of the backfield for us. Uh, not just running the ball, but catching the ball. He's been huge for us lately. Um, Jim Schwartz definitely, you can tell he's made some defensive adjustments. He kind of strayed away from that cover zero shit he's been running um I mean as much as good as I don't think Jalen Miller and Darby is I think they're both terrible defender defensive backs when those two are in the starting lineup for us we're, we're 15 and 2 with them on the field you know I thought that was an interesting stat considering these dudes can't cover a double move to save their lives but I think now with the uh with those two being back in the lineup, I think Jim Schwartz is now uh, tying up the coverage in the sense of like, I think he was sending pressure already cover zero so much just so the quarterback didn't have any time to really make a read. Yeah. But now that he has his guys in there, I think he's going to go back more to how he won the Super Bowl, more to our zone coverages, kind of like playing that saving defense, you know, that it's kind of like a zone man where everything you're switching off of, you know? Yeah. And then as far as the Cam Newton stuff goes, I mean, he, I mean, if you look, if you just look at 
that's the way Christian McCaffrey's been playing. He's played better with Kyle Allen than than he did with Cam Newton. Uh, Cam Newton has never been the most accurate thrower of the ball to begin with. He's always had a good arm, but he's never been that accurate with it. Uh Sorry about that. We got a phone call. Got cut off. But um, so I got seen. I think uh, I think Christian McCaffrey's offense is playing a lot better. Kyle Allen at quarterback. Um, because I don't think you have Cam Newton trying to do too much with his legs. Because Cam Newton's an athlete. Like at the end of the day, he's just a freak of nature athlete. You know, he tries to make plays with his legs. He tries to force balls a lot. Um. Like I said, he's not even very accurate to begin with. Um, I think Kyle Allen's becoming a game manager for this team. I think he's learning the offense. I think Ron Rivera really likes what he has in Kyle Allen. And I think this team is playing for Kyle Allen as opposed to that Cam Newton. I think they weren't really bought into what, what Cam had, had been doing as of late. Uh, so I think they're playing for – I think they bought into the whole Kyle Allen thing and him managing the game. Letting, they're saying Christian McCaffrey do what he does, get loose um, – I mean, you saw in the game this past weekend uh, with the way Christian McCaffrey's been playing. Teams are so focused on him. Kyle Allen's able to hit those deep balls downfield over the top to the to the hit receivers he has, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think this is this Cam's um, last year in uh, Carolina. I don't think we'll see him in a Panthers uniform next year. Uh, that's for sure. And, yeah, that's really all I got for the Panthers, man. I think Cam, Cam's journey is over. So, uh, for me, Deshaun Jackson is probably the biggest loss. Um, it's pretty huge for that team. Uh, we saw how, how in week one he opened up the fields for everything week one. It, it, it seemed like that offense was, the offense was going to do pretty great. Um, without it, I don't know. To me, just Wentz and, uh, uh, Wentz and Jeffrey never, they've never really, like, developed that chemistry, you know? They never really, you know, it just... Never gelled. It hasn't, yeah, yeah, it hasn't gelled well. Um, I mean, I think him and Deshaun Jackson had that connection right away, as we saw in week one. So, I think that's pretty huge. I'm not sure what Philly can do, you know, to try and replace him. Um, we'll see what they do later on. Uh, later on in the season, if they try to do anything. Um, so, this is my theory. Cam Newman was placed on IR because they just didn't want to risk him getting hurt again at all. Um, this is Kyle Allen's team now. Yeah. Um, and next year, Cam will be in Chicago. And the in Bears Chicago? For him. Yep. The Bears will trade for him. Matt Nagy's. Obviously doesn't trust um, Trubisky out out there, so I think they're going to try and experiment with Cam. Do I think it's going to work? I don't know. Um, if Cam can get rid of the ball right away, yeah, I think he's going to be pretty good. But whenever you ask him to make plays and you ask him to be that playmaker, 
yeah. holds the ball too long and he gets hurt. So I say Cam ends up at either Chicago or Denver. Chicago or Denver. I I think Chicago. Um I, <coughs> Jacksonville too, who knows? Yeah, we'll see how um, Foles plays. Um Yeah, so I know Foles is coming back this week. They named him as a starter. Um over Minshew, so Minshew Mania's I believe it's on pause. I don't think it's over. Um, I think they only did that because of this last game he had. Granny was in London against the the Texans. He did not play good at all. I think had he had a solid game, I think he might have still been the guy for them this week. But I also think that they invested so much money into Nick Foles. They're obviously going to play him. Uh, Which do you think is better for the team? It's tough to say because we only saw we only saw Foles for a, a half, excuse me, for like maybe a quarter and a half max, you know, this season with them. So it's really tough to say. Um, I think the worst comes the worst. You see how he does now that he's back. And if he's not hanging out, you go back to, to, to uh, Minshew. <sighs> I think that's all they really can do, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not sure either. Um, it's kind of up in the air. Um, it's good and bad, but it, the only reason why I say bad is because their offensive line isn't really great. They gave up four sacks against um, against Houston. They averaged, like, I think, like, two and a half sacks given up a game, which isn't great at all. Yeah. Um, so I'm just not sure what's going to happen. I think either way um, – They'll be okay. They're not going to be great. They might sneak in the playoffs. They might not. Um, but really, who knows? I mean, so, they make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably not. But man, I'm trying to be optimistic of them now. So we have the Thursday night game coming up, which is the Chargers versus the Raiders. Uh, personally, I think this is going to be a pretty dang good game. Um, you have the Chargers who who beat the Lions. I mean, the Raiders who beat the Lions, Chargers beat the Packers. They're kind of both riding a high wave, um, and it is an in-state game. So, um, but I personally think um, the Chargers are going to win. It's going to be a close game, but I just I'm hoping that the Chargers can can ride off following last game. Uh, both teams, both these teams are trash. Uh, <laughs> I honestly don't care about this game. Both teams will be. Picking in the top 12 next year. Pass for me. Um, <laughs> next segment, we're going to go into the young emerging teams of the NBA. Um, first team we have on the list is the Suns. All right, let, me get my, let me get my shit off here. Yeah. <laughs> That's your team. So, go ahead. so I've been saying for the past four years, Devin Booker is the best two guard in the NBA. He's dropped 40 points. You know, gets one of the quote-unquote, better defensive best team in the NBA, one of them. Um, Monty Williams has made a – he's made a massive impact, you know, over – since since he's come to the team. Now this team just looks totally different. Devin Booker's doing Devin Booker things. You don't have to worry about what D-Book's going to do, you know. Uh, Cali Oubre is an ascending talent in the NBA. They're doing – keep in mind, they are doing all this. They bring these teams without DeAndre Ayton right now. Aiden still is gone for the next, I think, 20 or so games, you know. Maybe maybe a little less, maybe a little more. Not too sure, but he's off in the next 20 or so games. And they just beat the Sixers, who, yes, they didn't have him beat. I get it, but the Suns don't have Aiden, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's that cancels each other out. The Sixers are undefeated. Ricky Rubio had twenty one seven and ten last night. I mean, what everybody seems a bad signing, but I think he's the veteran point guard the Suns needed. Uh, I think you just need that gritty vet on the offense that's going to play his ass off at all times. And that's what Ricky Rubio does. So I think he's made an impact on this team as well. And the Suns bench has been coming along very, very good. Aaron Baines has been a huge addition. He is knocking down threes. And anywhere you look, he's Aaron Baines is becoming a premier big man three point shooter in the NBA, which is weird to say. Aaron Baines. Dog, he's banging threes. <laughs> Bro, he, he's shooting like forty he's shooting like forty five percent for three. Aaron Baines is balling, Michael Bridges is balling. Um Cam Johnson is just they draft they drafted him he's saying threes. That's that's what they wanted him to do. They drafted him, you know? Yeah. Now, I gotta get into something real quick. I gotta get some shit off my chest about one Ben Simmons. <clears throat> ben Simmons, you got a max contract, right? How yeah. the hell do you have five points, six rebounds, and six assists against the Phoenix Suns? And you're the premier point guard on the, on on that team. You are the point guard of that team. Why the hell is Ricky Rubio outplaying you? You're a hundred seventy million dollar man now. You're a max contract player. Joel Embiid is out. This was your time to go in there and show what why you are worth that money to this team. And you know what? You did not show it. You still don't have a jump shot. You're posting all these videos of yourself in the offseason so that you hit a deep three. You hit the, the mid-range pull-up. Where's it been this year? Where's it been this year, Ben Simmons? You're still looking like an average fucking Kroger version of LeBron. Like, you're supposed to be... the. You're supposed to be the guy now that Ben Simmons is out. He's suspended for the next – I think he has one more game out. And last night was your chance to take over that game and prove why you are worth that money and why the Sixers went all in on you and on this team to win a championship this year. If Ben Simmons has a, another game like this or another couple games like this, if I'm the Sixers, you got to look at moving him. Because if he cannot run your offense or, or show out when your best player in B is off the floor and your second best player does not show up at all, you got to question that. Yeah. This is his third or fourth year in the league and he still doesn't have a jump shot. What the hell is going on? Brent Brown, you're the coach of this team. Why have you got this man some shooting help? You need to get this guy help. He does not have a jump shot. His jump shot looks worse than Markel Foles' jump shot. And that's really bad. That's really, really bad. Definitely. Um, so I know the Suns are five and two. I believe they're second. They're in the second place in their conference. Right they're now. second in the West right now. Yes. Yeah, yeah second in the West as well. Um, they had some pretty notable uh, wins, you know, over the over the undefeated um, Sixers and the Clippers. Um, Devin Booker's averaging, I believe, twenty six points a game. Mm-hmm. And man, I mean Ricky Rubio, man, uh, you've said it. I think this is what that team needed. They needed that uh, that betting presence. Um, whenever they signed him, I was kind of, or traded for him. I was kind of like, man, what, what are you guys doing? I know John Morant, you know, isn't gonna be there, but what are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think he's done pretty well. I mean, he's averaging twelve, six, and eight. He's just he's doing what Ricky Rubio does. Um. And I think, you know, I think as a player, he was the big turnaround for the team. I tip my hat to Monty Williams because he figured out how to get these sons to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's actually kind of nice to see it because, I mean, you know, the Suns are only six hours away from us, so yeah, um, it might be actually worth going to go watch a game, you know what I mean, other than just your favorite team in town. So that'll be it. Next is uh, the Miami Heat. Um, this is my team, of course. Um, I was kind of nervous mm-hmm. of what they were going to do post Wade, um, and they've done pretty. They've done pretty well. They've gone five and uh, five and one. Uh, Jimmy didn't play the first three games because he had his his daughter. Um, so congratulations to him. I believe they went two and one or three and zero oh without him. So I know he loved that. Um, undrafted rookie free agent Kendrick Nunn. Uh, he's leading the team in points. I believe he has the most points scored by um, an undrafted uh, rookie out of anybody. Um, I know he just passed Kevin Durant, so that's pretty huge. I'm kind of, kind of want to see what his upside is. Um, Bam is Bam is holding it down um, in the paint. I believe he's averaging nine rebounds a game. Um, and not only that, I mean, you still have Jimmy, you still have Hero, you still have Miles Leonard, you still have Dragic, um, you still have Deion Waiters. This team is looking pretty nice. Um, and it's kind of been nice to see because I just didn't know what was going to happen this offseason. So I'm pretty excited. Definitely, definitely. Uh, next with the Atlanta Hawks, um, uh, I think this team has a tremendous upside. I think they're good. they could be a playoff team in the East this year. But they did get some breaking news that uh, John Collins, um, their ascending power forward, is suspended for the next 25 games as well. Um, he got busted doing the same thing as DeAndre Ayton was doing. So, he, of course, he's got the same suspension that Ayton got. Um, now, how that's going to affect the team, I I don't know. Um, I think it's going to affect him tremendously, though, because I don't even know who their backup for is. Uh, Trey Young comes back tonight from his ankle injury, so we'll see how they play tonight. Um, I think this is I think this could be a good thing and a bad thing for this team. I think it'd be a bad team in the sense that John Collins is such a huge part of your team right now and you're using him so much in your offense and he's such a good defensive presence. That's going to affect you slightly. But I think this gives you guys a chance to to see what Cam Reddish is made of. You know, Cam Reddish, I do, we didn't really know, he didn't really know what his role was. He couldn't really fit into that team. You know, he was, was kind of like, it was Zion, it was Zion, RJ Barrett, and the rest of them, you know. It wasn't RJ, Zion, and Cam Reddish. It was it was Zion, RJ, and the rest of them, you know? It wasn't the big three. It wasn't the big three, you know? And Cam Reddish having kind of a similar issue now in Atlanta where he doesn't know his role. And I think with this John Collins suspension, I think they'll find a way to work him into the offense more, get him the ball more. I think John Morant has, has one of the highest upsides out of anyone in the draft. I think he has potential to be that 3 and D guy that, that you want on your team, you know? I think he has. I think he doesn't be that premier three and D guy. Uh, you just got to figure out a way to get the man involved in your offense and let him, let him learn. Pretty much what I'm saying, like just give him the ball and let him, let him figure out what he, what his role is going to be. I think yeah, that's, I all, mean, that's all you can really do with them. Games. Yo, oh yeah, hundred percent. They're losing games. I mean, they're they're still so young, but you never know what this, what what his role is or what, you know, the expectations are for him. Yeah. You know, give him the ball. Let him, you know, I mean, he's young. Yeah, he's going to lose some games. But yeah. he might he might win you some, you know, more games and he might lose you some games. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, they do have a losing record right now, they are two and three. Um, I feel like they played pretty well. Um, you know, Trey Young's, you know, he, he 
he's hot, or, you know, he's hooping, um, just like we know he would. John yeah. Collins was having a great year, you know, 17, uh, almost nine rebounds, and he actually had two blocks on uh, <laughs> averaging two blocks in the year. Um, so I just that loss for them is going to be huge. But like you said, I think it's going to be nice because we're going to see what Cam can actually do. Um, I think he's going to kind of be forced into being that, hey, you know, you're the second, third option now. You know, you're not just in the, you're not just in the back. So, um, but I think that they might still sneak into the playoffs because you know we all know that the bottom <laughs> of the East is pretty weak or the middle of the East is pretty weak. Yeah. So, um. I don't know. Um, I'm excited for basketball season. I don't really watch a lot of other teams, um, but definitely now that, you know, we started this podcast, I definitely will be keeping an eye on everybody. Yeah. Um, another team Another team I just wanted to talk a little bit about is the Kings. Um, I addressed the last podcast. I think coaching is the issue. They should never hired um, Luke Walton. I don't know what Luke Walton has really done to get a starting job. I know he, he was a part of that great Warriors team. Um, but... Yeah, but I could have coached that Warriors team with that roster. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you have four, like, four all stars on the team. Dray- you know? Draymond, Draymond, go sit in the corner. Don't touch the goddamn ball. KD, <laughs> Steph, do your thing. And then Clay Thompson just run baseline. And Draymond and whoever the setters will set your screen to get you open, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> But um, I don't think Luke Walton deserved a job to begin with. Um, my concern with this team right now, this Kings team, is they have one of the highest ceilings in the NBA as far as the talent perspective goes. Um, yeah, Darren Fox, who who's gonna be one of the best point guards I think in the league in the next uh, three to five years. You know, um, we know what we know what Bagley can, is gonna be. We know what Harrison Barnes is now. Him and Buddy Hill are coming into their own now as players finally. Um, it's just, if you're the Kings organization, what were you thinking firing Jaeger and hiring Luke Walton? I guess my next question is, if the Kings are below 500 come All-Star break, do you see Luke Walton still being the coach? I don't, I don't know, because what is um, what is the GM Vladi? Uh, <laughs> How dumb would he look to? I mean, yes, Jaeger, they did not make the playoffs. Um, they were still middle of the pack team. Yeah, but they weren't terrible. They were just in the West. They were in a, a thriving West, you know. Um, so I don't know because I don't know if they want Vladi to or if Vladi wants to look dumb for letting him go and putting in you know him. It might be like an ego issue because we know how Vladi is, <laughs> you know, at, yeah. at, at times. Um, he is very prideful of of uh, his GM spot. So mm-hmm. we shall see. Um, I know this team does have great upside. Um, you know, they they have young core pieces. <laughs> they got rid of the, the terrible center of, uh, of um, Willie Cauley-Stein. I think was a waste of a pick for them. Definitely. Um, but um, I think it comes down to coaching. I think most of the times, nine times out of ten times, ten times we have seen it is a lot of these teams that are starting to be good, they either have coaches who are really good or they have coaches who are starting to become good or, you know, new coaches who are showing that they can be good. 
Yeah. So, and I don't I don't think Luke Walton is the answer in uh, Sacktown. Definitely, definitely. Um, I think next um, we're going to college football. Or do you want to go to basketball first? No, uh, college basketball. College football will be on Friday. Oh, okay. Uh, Friday evening. Uh, so now, um, actually right now going on, we have the number three versus number two, uh, or number three, Kansas versus number two, Duke. Um, I believe the game is a three-point game with 20-some, oh, sorry. So it's actually a two-point game right now, or four-point game right now with 4.2 on the clock. Looks like Duke might have wrapped it up. Um, it always amazes me how – um, these three teams, or, well, these three teams, Kansas, Duke, Kentucky, how they lose these players for the one and done. They lose at least two, maybe one really good player, and they come back and they're just still there. Yeah. Um, it amazes me um, how Duke can do it. I know, you know, they do have some dudes riding the bench, Kansas as well. Um, I'm excited for, for basketball, for college basketball season. College basketball is not really my uh, – of sports, but I have a challenge to myself um, is, you know, to watch more college hoops yeah. and be more inactive with it so that way uh, I, uh, I can be better. Alright, so college basketball is definitely uh, somewhere I thrive in. <laughs> so, yeah, so Michigan State also reloaded this year. They're, they're, they might be the best team in college basketball right now. Uh, we'll see tonight. Uh, I mean, the Oh, I got sneeze. <clears throat> or not. Uh, we'll see what goes on tonight. Um, the top four teams play each other tonight. You got three against four now. They got the one and two teams playing next in Kentucky and Michigan State right after the Kansas-Duke game. Which is insane to think you have the top four teams in the same tournament, you know, for opening night of college basketball playing against each other. Yeah. Uh, which is insane. Tom Izzo is one of the best coaches as well. He, he reloads every year. Um, I think these – Teams are all have have big championship potential this year to make a run to the final four or even win it all. Um, I would say my hot take is I think Arizona is going to be the team to beat this year. I think they'll be the best team and win the entire thing this year. Um, they got Josh Green, who was a who I think I believe was like number five or six overall player in ESPNU. Uh, they also got the number two overall point guard in Nico Mannion, who had I who actually had the privilege. Watching when I went to Arizona in February, went to his senior night, had 57 in the game winner, which just looked may look easy, man. Just Nico is just a different breed, I think, at the point guard position. Um, he's only 6'3, but he's so quick. His first step, if you don't, if you're not playing like perfect defense on him, he's gonna beat you on his first step. And then if he loses you on his first step, expecting that man to step back and hit a three, if not. This kid is so athletic. He'll go, he'll drive it down the lane and just throw it down on you. He is that good. Um, I think Arizona's be the team to beat this year when it's all said and done. Uh, I'm not saying who I'm picking to win it all yet this year. Even though I just kind of did with Arizona. Uh, I don't recommend putting money on Arizona because I could always be wrong. Uh, you know what the hell happens in NCAA anymore? We've seen some crazy things happen in these tournaments, you know. Uh, but yeah, I'm very excited to see how college basketball pans out this year. Uh, Duke is going to be Duke. Kentucky will be Kentucky. That top four, I think, will stay in the top ten almost all year long. Um, I don't see any of those teams dropping outside the top ten. Um, I think, yeah, that's what all I got for college basketball is Arizona's be my pick to win it all this year. 
Thank you guys for supporting us again, and uh, have a great night. I'll see you guys later. We're out.